Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Have you come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? Do you have a lifestyle of forgiving others when they have treated you wrongfully? Let's open our Bible now to Matthew chapter 6 and see what the Word of God has to say on this incredibly important matter of forgiveness. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to another teaching. Today is Thursday, February 18th in Texas. We are still in uh, freezing temperatures. It's been some of the, the, just the craziest time for really almost, really all Texans. You know, if you've lived in Texas for a little while or your whole life, uh, really no one has seen anything like this. Um, there's just been a, just a tremendous, immense, uh, snowfall and freezing temperatures that's just interrupted, uh, everything. Uh, it was amazing because, you know, last year and, uh, and still currently we're still being, uh, just meaningfully affected by, uh, by the COVID disease. You know, it's, uh, you know, we just really, when times like this happen, when, when there are seasons like this, when there's days like this, we really want to seek the Lord and see what he's saying, see what he has for us, see what he would have us to, to know or to learn or to grow in. Just, uh, you know, when our country and the whole world goes through COVID-19, um, there are things that the Lord would have us to learn through all this. We, we, you don't just go through difficulty and hardship just waiting for it to end. And certainly that's how most of us go through any difficulty in our lives, and myself included. Most of the time, I just want it to be over. But when when things are, are going crazy in our lives, it really is time for us to step back and to seek seek the Lord Jesus and see what he has for us. We would do well to spend time with him in these times, increasing time, you know, more and more time and just seeking, you know, Lord, what do you have for us in this? What are you, what are you saying to us? How can we grow closer in our relationship with you, Lord Jesus, through uh, just times and seasons of uh, interruption and difficulty and disruption? And certainly we've just had an immense amount of that here in the last 12 months. It was around this time last year, right, that we started having COVID problems. Uh, I think we knew about it and then it really hit us in the middle of March, right? Um, and now here we are with, uh, we're in, we're going to have seven days in the state of Texas of just, uh, amazingly frigid, frigid weather with, with pipes bursting, houses being destroyed, uh, people without electricity for three, four and five days. Um, and literally, uh, with wind chill temperatures, 20 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. And, and I don't know what the calculation to that is in Celsius, but it's, it's, just, a, it's just a frigid, frigid, frigid cold. Um, and so, Father, we do invite you just not only into these seasons, but into the individual seasons and difficulties and disruptions in, our, in all of our lives. 
Holy Spirit, we do ask you to lead us and guide us and to give us eyes that see and ears that hear all you're trying to, to show us and teach us in these times. Lord, <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we do love you and bless you and praise you. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for the word of God, Lord Jesus. Uh, and we thank you for your words, Lord, um, in the scriptures, your personal words that you've given us uh, for us to know and believe and to, and to live our life live our life by. Father, we love you and we bless you. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, today, we're just going to talk about, uh, believe it or not, we're just going to talk about two scriptures. It's in Matthew chapter 6, and it's going to be verses 14 and 15. They're verses in which Jesus is teaching about forgiveness and the necessity of forgiveness and the consequence of unforgiveness. It is probably uh, the single most important aspect of the Christian life is that we walk consistently, you know, with, with a heart of forgiveness. Obviously, you know, uh, toward ourselves and to, to everyone else. Uh, there's a lot of confusion on the subject. I was talking to a, uh, a very close friend of mine. You know, he's like a family member. And I've talked to him about this over, over the years, but we were having a very deep conversation about it yesterday. His name is Matthew. And, uh, and, and really, there, uh, the importance of this cannot be overstated. So again, um, open your Bible, Matthew chapter 6. These are going to be the words of Jesus. And again, it's just going to be verses 14 and 15 today. And there's, there's tremendous teaching on forgiveness. And so we're going to talk about the ramifications of forgiveness and the different kinds of forgiveness. Uh, again, and the necessity to walk in forgiveness. And now again, this doesn't mean that we have a license, right, to, to just do whatever we want, to say whatever we want and just forgive ourselves or that just anyone else has a license just to be you know rude or hurtful or do bad things to to you and we just say oh i forgive you so it's not a cavalier thing there's a there's a depth to forgiveness and and so we're going to try to unpack that in these two uh these two verses today and so hopefully when we're done we'll have a a true understanding of the nature of forgiveness and the need for forgiveness and, and how to walk in forgiveness moment by moment, day by day, and what it truly looks like. Uh, forgiveness is not, is not simply your words. Forgiveness is shown in your actions. So, again, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Uh, this is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Very famous sermon given to us by Jesus. And in verse 14, he says... For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, the first question, we say this over and over, is, you know, that we ask is, why is this in the Bible? Why did the Holy Spirit choose to make this Holy Scripture? Your Bible's a Holy Bible. It's the very word of God. So when we read this, this is God speaking to us. They're the words of Jesus, and he is God. Uh, remember, we have a triune God, God the Father, 
God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And this is Jesus speaking. When Jesus speaks, he speaks the word of God. And this is in your Bible. And the word of God says, verse 14, For if you forgive men or people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's a very plain and, uh, you know, and it's a very serious concept. Uh, the reason that forgiveness is probably the single most important attribute of any Christian is because you and I have been forgiven a debt of sin that is, is truly incomprehensible. That is, human beings, we come into this world and we are inherently sinful. We've talked about this in the past, but human beings have a nature of sin. We are born and conceived in sin. I was explaining to Matthew yesterday the necessity of the virgin birth. And he had not heard that before. We hear a lot about the Virgin Mary and the Virgin Birth, but I had asked him, what is the necessity of that? Why did Jesus need to be born of a virgin? And the reason is the scriptures teach that, that when, whenever someone is born, they come into this world naturally alive, physically alive, but spiritually dead. Their spirit is dead to God, all of us. Because we are conceived with a nature of sin. We are conceived at conception. We are already inherently sinful. We already have a bend against God. We already have a bend to want our own way. And because we have this very nature of sin, this instinct to sin, we live lives as sinful people. And we have sinful thoughts, sinful words sinful deeds, and because of this sinful nature and subsequent lifestyle, the Bible says we're separated from, from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are separated from the Holy Trinity, and we are hopeless. We are totally and completely hopeless because of our sin. Hence, the reason God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus of his own will and decision enters into humanity as God, takes on a human form, becomes a human man, and lives a perfect life for you and me, dies a perfect death for you and me, and is alive and risen. And by you trusting in Jesus Christ, by you asking Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life and save you from your sin, when you do that, when you genuinely put your full faith and trust in Jesus as your only Lord and Savior, calling out to him, knowing your need of him, in prayer, asking him to be the Lord of your life and save you from your sin. When you do that, all of your sin, and it's incredible, past, present, and future, is credited to Jesus Christ at the cross and his perfect righteous life that he lived is credited to you. And at that moment, that barrier of sin is removed and you are brought into relationship with the triune God. It's incredible. It's, it is incredible, Kimberly, right? 
you, you, you come into relationship. God the Father becomes your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ becomes your Lord and your Savior and your Master and your King and your God. And you're, you're part of the Bride of Christ and the Body of Christ. You're married to Jesus in spirit. And the Holy Spirit becomes your guide and your comforter and your counselor. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all your God now. And your sins are forgiven and you have relationship with the triune God. And you're going to heaven when you die. But the second member of the Trinity, God the Son, had to become a human man in order for you to have this forgiveness of sin and salvation of your soul and relationship with the triune God. Um, there was an immense incomprehensible price paid for your and my sin. And as Christians, we really have very, very little understanding, Scott, of how bad humanity really, really is. Really, every religion in the world, save biblical Christianity, believes that people are somehow inherently good. The Bible says, no, you are inherently bad. People will look and, and look at little babies and children and say they're so innocent. And the Bible says, no, they're not. The Bible says children have this sinful nature living in them. And over a few podcasts, I told the story of my two daughters on how even at one year old, you know, you could witness extremely selfish and self-serving acts, right? One of them, they're twins, and I would buy them both the same toy but one of them would go crawling across the room and grab her sister's toy, crawl back and put it with her toy. So now she has two and her sister has none. Of course, her sister is bawling terribly. I have to go in or their mother and take the second toy that, that the one daughter took and give it back to the other daughter. And now she's mad and screaming because she don't have both toys and she wants both and her sister to have none. No one taught them to do that. No one taught them to behave this way. They didn't have to be taught, nor did you and I have to be taught to be selfish people. Because we are inherently sinful. And it's evident everywhere in humanity. Hence, why Jesus came. That's why we need Jesus so much. Jesus would not have gone through the incredible, incredible, overwhelming uh, grief and in pain of the cross, except that we desperately need him. Every single human being that's ever lived needs Jesus Christ. Desperately. And only Jesus can help them and help me. We are hopeless without Jesus Christ. We need forgiveness desperately. Now, when you come into relationship and receive the forgiveness of your sins through receiving Jesus Christ, and all your sins are forgiven, the Bible teaches that you were forgiven an overwhelming, incalculable debt of sin. The weight of your sin was so heavy, and my sin was so heavy, that it cannot be even understood. But the Bible makes this clear. 
And we just read in these verses that because we understand or should understand or now understand how sinful we really are, when we understand that, we ought to have a lifestyle of walking in forgiveness to our brothers and sisters in Christ and to anyone else that's wronged us, whatever's been done. Now, this is, a, uh, this is a very, very difficult concept for just millions, if not billions of people. And the reason it's difficult at its foundation is because people don't know how bad they really are. Like, if, if people have not killed anybody or stolen anything or done any violent crime or, uh, or just done anything terrible, they think they're pretty good people. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not reality. You're not a good person because you haven't done some heinous violent crime. They'll all admit universally that over their lives they've lied. They've been dishonest at times. Everyone will admit that they have, you know, they have cheated here and there on little things here, little things there, right? They'll all admit they've basically broken all the commandments in every way of God. They've consistently disobeyed the things the Bible teaches, right? The Bible says not to be prideful. All of us have been terribly prideful in our lives. Pride is when we think more of ourselves than we should, or when we treat ourselves with greater importance than we should. All of us would admit to a lifestyle of, of selfishness, where we're more concerned with ourselves and our lives and our families and our situation and our finances than we are everyone else. We would all admit to this, this massive issue in our lives of where we can see this, this, uh, this instinct to sin, this selfishness in our lives. Every one of us, every rational person would say, of course, we've done wrong, wrong things. But we, we tend to trivialize and nominalize the, the wrong things we've done. And we make a big deal out of the wrong things that others have done. And we find ways to justify this. We have this rationale that's not biblical, that's not in the Bible, to justify it. So Jesus says in verse 14, for if you forgive men, and he means men and women here, this means people, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So there are, there, we're going to discuss forgiveness now in two, different, in two different aspects, right? Two different realms, so to speak, of forgiveness, okay? We've already talked about the first realm, and that is forgiveness regarding your salvation, okay? We've talked about how all humanity enters the world and is conceived in sin, and therefore everyone needs a savior. Because you're conceived in sin, you live a lifestyle of sinfulness, and, and the triune God cannot be in relationship with you. Uh, a holy God cannot uh, you know, just bear sin, bear to be around sin. Hence, Jesus Christ has to die for the forgiveness of your sin and my sin. 
This is all forgiveness in light of your salvation, in light of you becoming a child of God, in light of you um, having all of your sins forgiven, and in light of you going to heaven. The forgiveness of your sins regarding your salvation, <coughs> excuse me, I just ate a big bowl of chili my my wife had me make that uh, lovely lady, Lynette, brought over. And it was good chili. But, you know, it was... <clears throat> yeah, I've been... Yeah. Um, when it comes to your salvation, having your sins forgiven, and going to heaven when you die, this has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do, to do with how you forgive others. Okay? Um, you don't go to heaven by forgiving other people. You go to heaven only by trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and trusting in his finished work at the cross, believing that he died in your place, suffered in your place, was punished in your place, and was raised from the dead. And by putting your reliance in what Christ did for you, he actually takes your sin, every sin you ever committed, and charges it to himself at the cross. He takes it on himself. It's actually credited to him. He takes it to himself by your faith. And in return, credits you and gives you the perfect righteous life that he lived when he walked the earth. That incredible exchange, that that overwhelming exchange of the perfect life of Jesus Christ for your and my sinful, selfish, disgusting life, that exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. Forgiveness in the sense of your salvation and going to heaven has nothing to do with how you forgive other people. And so this is a very misunderstood two verses because this says, for if you forgive you know, men, people, men and women, when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. He is not speaking here in the context of salvation. Okay? Having your sins forgiven regarding going to heaven and being saved from your sin, that has nothing to do with how you live your life in forgiveness toward others. That's done by grace alone, through faith alone, trusting in Jesus Christ alone. However, Jesus is making a, uh, a devastating, overwhelming statement here. He says, when he says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. He's speaking about your lifestyle as a Christian. That, that as a Christian, you ought have a lifestyle of consistently walking in genuine forgiveness toward anyone and everyone who has wronged you. And we'll talk about what that looks like as well. Um, and if you don't, then this says in verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And what he's saying is that, that as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you do not have a lifestyle of consistently walking in forgiveness, then... When you make mistakes as a Christian, 
When you do things wrong, even as Christians, we still do things wrong. We're still selfish. We still want our own way. And our, and the, and our job is to grow to be more and more like Jesus so that we're not, we're not like this. But if you have a lifestyle as a Christian of forgiving other people, then when you make mistakes, your heavenly father will not punish you in this life. You will not have to fade and undergo the level of discipline that you truly do deserve for the sins that you still commit as a Christian. Now, those sins have been forgiven regarding your salvation, but they are still there regarding your sanctification or your lifestyle in growing to be more like Jesus in this life. So if you forgive men and women and people and children, obviously, when they do wrong things to you, say wrong things about you, if you forgive them, then, then when you do wrong things, when you make mistakes, then your heavenly Father, who sees everything from heaven, will not, again, punish you to the same degree that you certainly will be punished and I certainly will be punished if we do not have a lifestyle of forgiveness. Does that make sense? If, if we, knowing how much we've been forgiven in Christ, knowing that we are terrible, sinful people, forgiven a tremendous debt of sin in Jesus Christ our Lord, knowing the horrific and overwhelming love that he showed us in entering this world and dying for our sins, if we then have no forgiveness toward our fellow human beings, then we open ourselves up to the most severe discipline and punishment from our Father in heaven. Because he is our Father. And Daddy don't play, Lisa. Our Heavenly Father, he's a Father in heaven. C.S. Lewis said he's not a grandfather in heaven. You know how a grandfather is. He just likes to, to have the grandkids and, and play with them and enjoy all the, all the fun stuff with them. But he don't want to do none of the, none of the serious stuff like disciplining those children. C.S. Lewis said we really don't want a father in heaven. We want a, a grandfather in heaven. Our heavenly father is a serious father. And, and y'all as mothers and fathers are serious I hope in your discipline of your children. When, when you can see the sinful nature raging in your children, it's your job as a parent uh, to discipline them. Uh, an undisciplined child left to itself will become an absolute monster. You would think one would ask, why is that? We all, we all know that's true. If you just left a child to itself with no parenting at all, it just grows up to be a completely selfish monster. That's why as parents, we, we have to do the hard work of, of disciplining our children when they misbehave, when they act in sinful ways, when they're disobedient, um, when, they, when they don't use, you know, when they speak sinfully, um, and when they, they do things that are wrong, as parents, you, you bring discipline out of love. Your heavenly father and my heavenly father is no different. As Christians, when we misbehave, all of our sins are forgiven regarding our salvation and going to heaven if we receive Jesus. We've genuinely received Jesus into our heart. 
But regarding how we live out all of our days on this earth, our Heavenly Father expects us to live in an increasingly loving and obedient and Christ-like way. And when we fail to do that, or as most of us as Christians, we do not put a lot of effort into living obedient Christ-like lives, then we come under his discipline. And his discipline can be delivered to us in, in, in millions of unthinkable ways. We can consistently be under discipline and not even know it. It can happen in various ways, unpleasant circumstances in your life. Now, not everything is the discipline of God. But certainly, Jesus is telling you here that knowing all that you have been forgiven by your heavenly father in Jesus Christ, you need to have a lifestyle of walking in forgiveness toward others in genuine heartfelt forgiveness. And if you'll do that, when you make mistakes, your heavenly father will not punish you to the degree that you would otherwise need to be punished. And if you don't walk in forgiveness, then you will fade the full punishment of your sins. And there are various places in the scriptures where that can be very unpleasant for a believer in Jesus Christ. So hopefully that makes sense. Now we've outlined the two different, two different realms of forgiveness, two different aspects of forgiveness, right? Forgiveness regarding your salvation and the forgiveness of your sin and the salvation of your soul, which comes only in and through Jesus Christ, Peyton. And then living in a lifestyle of forgiveness, Esther, to where you have a lifestyle of forgiving others when they have mistreated you. And if you'll do that, your heavenly father, you know, when you make mistakes, will not, uh, will not give you the, the weight of the punishment that you and I deserve when we disobey him as his children. Now, what does this forgiveness look like? When he says, for if you forgive, you know, men when they sin against you, what does it look like for you and I to forgive people when they're, uh, you know, when they sin against us? What does that, what does that look like? Is it, is it just words? Of course not. And we've already said that forgiveness is, is shown in your actions. Now it doesn't mean that you've just, you know, that you're just a buffoon, right? And I'm just, uh, I'm just supposed to be some kind of stomping board, right? Where people just walk all over you. That's not what he's saying here. Forgiveness again is, is first of all, is acknowledging, you know, you know, you know that you've been wronged. And you're going to choose in Jesus Christ, and sometimes this is hard, to genuinely release that person to God. It's not for you to exact revenge. It's not for you to exact punishment. It's not for you. They talk bad about me. I'm going to talk bad about them. No. It's for you to turn that person over to God and say, Father, I forgive them. And I give them to you. And believe it or not, if that person, most of the time, that forgiveness has to happen in our closest relationships with our, our spouses, our wives, our husbands, our children, our mothers, our fathers, our brothers, our sisters, our aunts, our uncles, our cousins. Forgiveness has to be practiced in your closest relationships far more often than it does your, you know, your, your acquaintances. And so 
not only do you need to release, say, your wife or husband when they've upset you to the Lord, but forgiveness is you genuinely loving them and even looking to be good to them and to bless them literally in spite of them. Meaning even though that they have not treated you well or spoken of you well, you are still going to try to treat them well. Now again, um, and again, this is important. Uh, you know, consistently there will be people who will say, oh, so what is it? A person just keeps saying bad things about me all day and I'm just supposed to say good things about them. Um, you know, we're not talking about overwhelmingly extreme circumstances here. Yes, if 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 someone is speaking bad about you all day, then yes, you are called to forgive them. But yes, still... It's fine for you to go and have conversation and say, you know, I don't appreciate this and have a and have a discussion and to walk through it. This is not this. Uh, Jesus is not telling us that forgiveness here is for you to be a floor mat. But as I said, for you to give them over to God, hand them over to Jesus and, and have a clean heart about it, to not hang on to the bitterness and to the anger and the resentment. And that's hard. Most of us need immense help if we are to grow to be people who live in a, in, a, in a true lifestyle and purity of forgiveness toward others. We can, we can harbor resentment and bitterness for years, decades. All the years of our life, we can stay mad and angry. And so in order for us to accomplish this, we're gonna, we really need to seek the Lord Jesus and ask his help in this. We need tremendous help, Chloe, in living a lifestyle of forgiveness. We need immense help. And so you, you want to begin to have a lifestyle of prayer. And in your prayer time, asking Jesus, Caleb, to help you to be a, a more Christ-like forgiving man. Or a more Christ-like Forgiving woman may. We, we need help, right? You want forgiveness just to be the natural outflow of who you are. It doesn't mean you like being mistreated or misspoken about. But the more you live in this lifestyle of forgiveness, believe it or not, the Bible teaches the more you will become more and more impervious to the, to the slights and mistreatment of other people. Does that make sense? Uh, people spoke poorly about Jesus all the time. And yet, in love, he would simply say, Father, forgive them. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're saying. And that's the kind of heart we want to have. But you don't just decide to have it. It's something we're going to have to, to give ourselves to as a lifestyle of forgiveness. And, and in order to do that, Again, you're going to have to have a, and I'm going to have to have a, a true understanding that we ourselves consistently don't do everything right. We consistently make mistakes ourselves. We may not make these mistakes in the same area, as I was talking to Matthew about yesterday. There may be a different 
Uh, it may be in a different aspect of your life. It may be in a different dimension of your life. What am I saying? It may be you have a relationship with someone and they're just, they just don't do very well in the way they, they speak. And they're consistently saying things that they really bother you and hurt you. And maybe that's not your particular problem. But, but perhaps you struggle in other areas. Perhaps you're, you're not as generous with your money as you ought to be. Perhaps you're not as thoughtful of others as you ought to be. So, you know, as, as Christians and as people, you know, we all struggle with different things at different levels. But the more that we truly understand that we ourselves are consistently in need of forgiveness for different aspects of our life, and again, this has nothing to do with your salvation, but just I, I consistently want the mercy of my heavenly father. And so do you. Mercy is when God does not give you the punishment that you actually deserve. And the Bible says you ought to walk in mercy. One chapter earlier than this, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. When you extend mercy to someone and do not demand that they get the punishment that they deserve or that, you know, that they get, they get what's due them for whatever they've done, you know, however they've hurt you, however they've misspoken about you or however they've mistreated you or taken from you or been selfish toward you or whatever it is. The more you just have an aspect of father, I just forgive them and I give them to you and you show mercy. The more merciful your heavenly father will be to you when you make mistakes. So hopefully this makes sense. Um, again, forgiveness is a uh, is just an overwhelming and pivotal aspect of the Christian life. Beginning with the forgiveness of your own sins at the cross of Christ and you receiving Jesus Christ, trusting him as your Lord and Savior. And then living a lifestyle of consistently forgiving others and trying to love them in spite of them. And as I said, I'm not, I'm not talking about outlying situations where, where people are just tremendously abusive and, you know, imposing or being physically violent. I'm not, I'm not speaking about that. Even then, you want to go to your heavenly father and forgive him. But then, of course, you would want to distance yourself, okay, when it gets to the extreme. But as a rule, you do want to, to consistently find ways to grow in relationship and continue in relationship, even if you've been wronged. Does that make sense? And now I'll say again, again, if, if someone is just consistently verbally abusing you or has been violent towards you, I'm not saying to put yourself around that. You still want to walk in forgiveness and give them to God right? You still want to forgive them to God. And there are times where you got to call the police and do all these other things, okay? But you want to have a heart where you consistently know and understand who you are and the forgiveness you've received. And you want to extend that as much as you can every moment and every day in a, in a, in a, in a loving way. So hopefully that makes sense. Just two verses. Well, Father, we do love you and we bless you and we thank you and we praise you. 
Father, we thank you for the tremendous, incredible debt that we've been forgiven in Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, I know I'm a sinful man. I know that I've done more wrong than I can comprehend. But I thank you, Father, for the mercy of Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King and God. I thank you, Lord, that we've been forgiven in Jesus Christ all of our sin. And I ask you to help us one and all to this day to begin to live our lives in greater and greater measure as forgiving Christians, genuinely forgiving people from our heart and having a heart to want to see them blessed even when they've been hurtful to us. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Father, we do ask you to help us to walk in forgiveness that, that you need not discipline us to the extent that is otherwise necessary. Father, we don't want discipline. Discipline from our Heavenly Father doesn't seem fun. But Father, we do pray that you would help us to, to really understand this principle. We know you don't enjoy disciplining us. You take no pleasure in that. But we know, Father, out of your tremendous love for us that you, you will discipline us. So we ask you to help us to be people who do understand the tremendous debt we've been forgiven and who have a consistent lifestyle of forgiving others even when when they won't forgive us when we make mistakes. Father, we ask you to help us to, to not consistently identify people by their weaknesses. Help, help us not to identify people by their faults. Help us to see the good things that people do and to more and more live in a lifestyle of not having to be overwhelmed and bitter and hurt and angry over whatever the the wrong things they have done. And Father, I ask you to help us in our own lives to be forgiving in our own lives when we make mistakes, Lord. Um, to have a, a balanced lifestyle of forgiving ourselves and going out of our way to forgive others in every aspect of our lives. Lord Jesus, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.